Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde. My job here is to call out some of the more obvious examples of media bias here in the great state of Idaho. And today we've got a doozy. There's there's a lot of stuff that's causing angst and uh, and re reality denial among <laughs> the legacy press. And I'm just more than happy to help provide a little bit of clarity and uh, hopefully, you know, a, a bit of perspective that uh, may be lacking in some of the mainstream coverage. The theme of this episode is facing reality like adults. After all, we want to believe that the adults are in charge, right? We're not going to turn it over to a bunch of, uh, you know, petulant children who would just, you know, have emotional problems and run the thing into the ground, right? But that's not really the way that uh, our, our media operates right now, at least our legacy media. Right now, pretty much anyone who isn't marching to the tune of their left-wing drumbeat is considered radical, extreme, a purveyor of misinformation or disinformation. And I hope to just demonstrate that as, as this is carried out, we come to understand that media elites use words like conspiracy theory or disinformation or misinformation as ways to control thought as well as ways to demonize and censor people who are pointing out legitimate concerns about the crap policies and programs that they're trying to impose on us. But first, let's talk a bit about civility, shall we? Ah, oh, the uh, MagicValley.com, the Times News, kind of outdid themselves this last weekend in their editorial. Our view, we can either row together for Idaho or sink in the sea of anger and despair. Do tell. I wonder what they could be talking about. Well, civility, decency, humility, respect, compromise. All too often are sorely lacking in our political world these days. By the way, they're not wrong. That's, that is an excellent point. However, I'd like you to uh, pay close attention to uh, how they offer a cure for this lack of civility, decency, humility, respect, and compromise, because they kind of throw it out the door here in the next few paragraphs. We can't specifically point to when those things were largely rendered extinct, and trust us, we've talked about it at length and tried, but today's politics have degenerated into name-calling, fear-mongering, and finger-pointing. Even in a place like Idaho, where one political party has wielded all of the power for decades and assuredly will into the foreseeable future. Okay, there's a nice little backhanded slap at the Republicans. Those who dish out the best insults have somehow become preferable to the majority over those who seek to govern with integrity, anger over integrity, disdain over deference. How truly did we get here? It's funny they would ask this because may, maybe they knew what was coming a little bit later this week as uh, the governor signed H.R. 71 into law. But, ha, or H.B. 71 rather, it's, 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 uh, it's now law. This is outlawing uh, the uh, transgender surgeries as well as puberty blockers on minor children. And, and as you might guess, there is a lot of anger. There's a lot of insults. There's a lot of anger over amity, disdain over deference. I'll show you more in a few moments. The Times News says the quasi-libertarian and anarchical wing of today's Idaho Republican Party, by the way, just, I need to break this down for you. If you think anarchy means no rules at all, you're being misled. In fact, if you'll do the etymological work and break it down, anarchy simply means without ruler, not without rules. It means you don't need someone ruling over you and micromanaging every aspect of your life possible. So that I would point that out because this is a scary word. 
this quasi-libertarian and anarchical wing of, you know, today's uh, Idaho's Republican Party, taking us further from that place by stoking fear and discord for their own gain and by restricting its members from representing their constituents, their communities, and their families. In fact, the Republican state platform has grown from 11 pages to 18 over the past 10 years. Platforms and preambles are good guidelines, not rigid mandates. Now, I just have to ask this. What exactly do those uh, additions to the platform consist of? Are they in response to, oh, I don't know, other crap policies that are being pushed on us by, say, the hard left? I'm just wondering, you know, I, I'm, you know, maybe this is something that they might want to mention. But no, we're, we're supposed to just draw the conclusion, whatever it is, it's about them controlling us. Hmm. Silence. That's what the Idaho Freedom Foundation and other such political interlopers are counting on, because then it's easier for all to hear their shouts and radical ideologies, their misinformation, their extremist demands. This is a slightly more civilized way of demanding, citizen, don't look over there. Look away. Look away. There's nothing. Don't listen to them. Stick your fingers in your ears. Run. Don't look directly at them. They may change form or something. Really? They say it's allowed them in time to take advantage of the fact that Idahoans haven't historically had to think beyond the R and they've snookered enough of us. These radicalists posing as Republicans, they're the real rhinos, Republicans in name only, though they use the term to condemn the traditional GOP, have turned off the lights and moved around the furniture. And with the lights back on, they're counting on us to blindly march behind them. Who knew that this despised, radical, extreme, tiny minority that doesn't even count had that kind of power? But please, by all means, tell us more. Our credibility is at stake. The Idaho Freedom Foundation and its ilk, the so-called Christian Taliban. Is that what they call themselves? Or is that is that some of the name calling that maybe you wanted to promote their Times News? Just, just wondering. And others. Isn't interested in good governance. Their purpose is strictly about what's good for them. Not us. Not you. It is solely about their deep-rooted desire to tear the whole thing down and build their own depraved society in its place. Holy cow. <laughs> How many cups of coffee did the editorial board drink before they uh, they wrote this? Was it was it uh, actually you know cans of uh, of, of some kind of energy drink? Because man, they are really on one. We truly believe the majority of Idahoans are smarter than this, and it's our hope that their that patience is running thin. That we're tired of being used as pawns in their game of fear. Okay, who's promoting the fear here? Who's using all the big, scary, laden buzzwords to try to stampede people in the direction that we want them to go? Extremism isn't the answer. Not in Idaho, not anywhere. We can't remain scared to speak. We can't stay angry. We can't sit idly and allow despots to harness the power that's meant for all of us. We the people yes, who agree with, uh, with the left wing. That's not the Idaho we want to live in. What about you? Now, I'm sorry, but this the, the histrionics, I, I've seen some pretty uh, wild editorials from the Times News over the years. This one may take the cake just because it is so absolutely off the rails. And, and the funny thing about it is, like their national counterparts, the press here in Idaho has a very strange habit of projecting their own desires, and sometimes they're not so good desires, onto the people that they're criticizing. How dare someone stand up for freedom? How dare they stand up for less government? How dare they, you know, stand against our agenda when we're just trying to impose it for the good of everyone? Because we know what's best. Why won't you do what we tell you? It must be very difficult. By the way, uh, Dr. Brian recommends uh, 500 milligrams of chill pill stat. 
By the way, I have to give a, a shout out here to uh, Heather Lauer for calling out uh, the Times News on this editorial. She asks, "Is if Idahoans are so stupid that they can be easily manipulated by a group like the Idaho Freedom Foundation, then why hasn't another group come along to convince people otherwise? Because the people in this state who hate IFF and its supporters so much only have hate. They, they don't have ideas to sell. She's She's telling the truth here. For 15 years, IFF and its supporters have been pushing the Idaho legislature to to debate issues that are very mainstream conservative ideas. Things like school choice, reducing government spending, cutting regulation. These are not extreme or far-right or authoritarian policy proposals. Heather says, for years, Idaho's incumbent GOP in lockstep with special interest groups like IACI, IEA, and other special interest groups have repeatedly pushed conservative ideas to the side. What do you think is going to happen when politicians keep telling people to sit down and shut up? They're going to fight back. This stopped being a conversation about civility a long time ago, and not because of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Again, a hat tip to uh, Heather Lauer for, for pointing this out. Look, my goal here is not to make you angry, though if your blood pressure is starting to rise, it's probably the recognition that, wow, we're being played. But but it's it's not people who are advocating for freedom who are playing you for a fool. The people who are appealing to your deepest, darkest fears and emotions appear to be the ones hurling the names, you know, extremist, radical, whatever. And the insistence that you shut up and just go along with them or, you know, be labeled and tarred and feathered with everybody else. So let's give you a couple examples of, of what this looks like. Okay. Here's, here's the headline that you knew had to be coming after the governor signs uh, the, the bill into law prohibiting sexual mutilation of children and gender bending surgery and hormone treatments for minors. It is now a crime in Idaho to provide gender affirming care to transgender youth. Idaho Governor Brad Little signed the bill into law April 4th after receiving thousands of messages in support. Okay, well, let's take a look at some of the particulars. Idaho Governor Brad Little signed signed a bill into law Tuesday that makes it a felony to provide certain types of medical care to children and teens. Why do we call it medical care? Oh, it's it's uh, it's a big money maker for those uh, medical providers who want to do it. But is it the right thing to do? House Bill 71 criminalizes gender affirming health care. That's euphemistic for surgical mutilation as well as hormone therapy for youth who have gender dysphoria. The bill specifically bans puberty blockers and hormones for patients under age 18. It also bans surgeries, which already do not fall within Idaho's standard of care for transgender youth and are not performed in Idaho. Okay, seems pretty straightforward, right? The law makes it a felony to provide the medical care with a penalty of up to 10 years in prison. Now, again, this is for minors. In signing this bill, the governor said, I recognize that our society plays a role in protecting minors from surgeries or treatments, and here's the key, that can irreversibly damage their healthy bodies. Okay, Their mind may be struggling. They may need help. And I think that gender dysphoria legitimately is a mental disorder. And that's, that's not to denigrate those who are struggling with it. That's to point out they need help. They don't need permanent solutions in the form of these surgeries or treatments that would uh, you know, prevent them from ever going through puberty. However, he says, as policymakers, we should take great caution whenever we consider allowing the government to interfere with loving parents and their decisions about what is best for their children. This was the governor in his transmittal letter. 
He says the bill is aptly named the Vulnerable Child Protection Act because it seeks to protect children with gender dysphoria from medical and surgical interventions that can cause permanent damage to their bodies before they are mature enough to make such serious health decisions. That's it. Plain and simple. This is to, to prevent them from it's to prevent them from doing something that cannot be undone. And when they're old enough to make that choice, they may make that choice. Well, that's still what I want to do. That's great. If you're old enough to actually make that choice and take responsibility for it, fantastic. But in the meantime, there's a reason why there are certain things that are appropriate for adults to do that are not appropriate for minors to do. This is one of those times. And and I hate to sound like I'm impugning the medical community, but I think we have seen Serious reasons to to at least question or get a second opinion when the medical community says something. Uh, the, the things that were foisted upon the American public with the approval of much of the medical community over the last three years that turned out to be either false or just uh, half-truths or unknowns that were declared as truth but uh, but didn't pan out, they're pretty numerous. We've covered them multiple times on this program. This is another one of those reasons. And the fact it's a moneymaker, it's a, it's a huge moneymaker because of all the follow-up visits and all of the treatments that are involved in providing this so-called gender-affirming care. If you want to provide it for adults, knock yourselves out. But don't pretend that, oh, this is going to keep kids from getting the care that they need. You know, we, we hear the word over and over again, well, kids are going to commit suicide if they don't get this care. No, even the ones that go through this transition, even the ones who get this so-called gender-affirming care, still have extremely high rates of suicide. In other words, it's not fixing the problem. It's profiting off it, but it's not fixing it. Somehow that seems immensely unethical. I'll just leave it at that. But let's get back to the topic of civility and adults. I'm sure that uh, most people took this in stride, even though I know there were many who fought very hard. Oh, we don't want the governor to sign this. But um, let's turn to uh, let's turn to one of the media darlings here in Idaho's legacy media. This is a young man. We've actually done a program on this, you know, about the the kids, how it's, you know, it's good to, to bring these young kids who have such a fresh view and, you know, running for the school board up there in Boise. And, oh, my goodness, this kid is so bright. What a bright future in politics. Let's see how, uh, how one of these enlightened young politicians handles the news that, yes, the governor did sign this particular bill into law. This is Shiva Rajbandari. Uh, let's see. F you, Governor Little. I pray you live a long life so you can bear witness to the pain you've unleashed on Idaho's children and families today. When you do die, though, I'm pissing on your grave. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, that's a young man who uh, definitely needs to be trusted with more political power. Someone absolutely in charge of himself and uh, capable of making sound, rational adult decisions. By the way, is he still on the school board? I noticed he wasn't going to be able to fulfill his term because he's he's going away to college. But this is what happens, as someone pointed out, when you elect young Marxists to political positions. But again, the media, oh, well, we love this kid. This kid is great. In fact, hey, look at this. Why, he's back in another news story. We're tired of thoughts and prayers. Boise High students plan walkout for gun reform. Now, this is virtue signaling on top of the horrific events that took place in Nashville, Tennessee, last week, in which an, a very disturbed individual shot to death six innocent people before she was taken down by police. And, uh, you know, this is not to say, I, I, unlike some people, I'm not going to suggest this is something that the whole trans community, you know, is, is a danger of, you know, going out there and becoming mass shooters. Nope. This is on her shoulders. 
Okay, she was obviously a mentally unstable person, and uh, and she planned this apparently for some time. And it's been so interesting to see from from the White House right on down through you know all of the the organizations that have been captured by the left. How quickly, you know, it turned from, well, you know, uh, obviously she was provoked to this kind of violence because of this Christian school that she had to shoot up. You know, it's not her fault. And she was included among the victims when vigils were held. Nothing said for the actual victims, the innocent victims. But, of course, uh, the president within a few days, why we need a trans day of, of visibility, a trans day. Of, right? It's like it's not being you know pushed in our faces enough. So it also provided an opportunity for certain shrill voices to step up and say, oh, by the way, this would be a great chance to call for gun control, which, by the way, uh, Shiva has done this kind of thing before. And look, look whose name pops up here. In May 2022, a student brought a gun near Boise High School, leading to a shelter in place order, as previously reported by the Idaho Press. Well, that's it. Uh, well, okay, never mind. I don't want to get in their way when they're trying to get attention. Such events make students feel like what happened in Nashville could happen to any of us, said Shiva Raj Bandari via text on Tuesday morning. We're tired of thoughts and prayers. We demand justice for our peers that are dying, for our peers that have panic attacks every time we go into lockdown, Raj Bandari said. We've been organizing since 2015 and we're not going anywhere. Now, personally, I think uh, Shiva is is a little bit jealous that David Hogg has been milking this for as much attention as he can possibly get. The event is open to the public. Some students from other schools are expected to attend, according to Shiva Rajbandari, the Boise High School senior and Boise School District Board trustee member helping to organize the event. Students across the country have walked out in recent weeks in the wake of a spate of school shootings across the country, including at Covenant School, a private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, where three adults and three students, including the pastor's daughter, were killed last week. Okay, so they're trying to obviously make hay on a, a pretty serious issue. And look, this is uh, not to doubt Things that are called school shootings, some of them may be as, as tragic and horrific as what happened in Nashville. Sometimes it's it's gangsters, like legit street gangs, shooting it out in the parking lot. So you have to take this with a grain of salt when they tell you, well, you know, there's been, you know, hundreds of these school shootings just in this in this last little bit. I thought this was really rich, though, and I, and I had to share this with you. Uh, Shiva, this is Shiva talking about um, House Bill 71. And notice what he says here. This law is unconstitutional. When government begins to intrude on the inalienable rights of the people, it forfeits any form of legitimacy. It is not just our right, but our duty to stand up to tyranny. We will never, ever stop fighting for our trans and non-binary youth. Okay, who wants to tell him? <laughs> the right to defend your life through keeping and bearing arms. That's an inalienable right, Shiva. It is. Yeah, I know. And yeah, when government starts to infringe on it, you're right. People should stand up. And they should very uh, clearly draw the line and say that's not a legitimate function of government. So we might actually agree on some things, except, uh, you know, he wants to stump for gun control because that's a cause celeb and will draw attention to him and, and presumably his his political agenda or his political future. But, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, got a little bit to learn. I'd be happy to educate him best I can, but uh, I think it's going to be it's going to take a village to, to educate uh, this particular young man and and some of his uh, his uh, followers now. Shifting gears, here's another example of, of the media taking, again, a, a very adversarial position. Idaho AG at odds with health and welfare, again, this time it's over child protection. 
Raul Labrador says he wants to review child protection case involving family of one of his supporters, Diego Rodriguez. Now, this this makes it sound like, oh, ho, ho. So he's been bought off by Diego Rodriguez. Watch and, and learn, though. Idaho Attorney General Raul Labrador says he wants to review a child protection case that involved the grandson of one of his supporters. The case was closed last year. By the way, how was it closed? Oh, the state gave the child back to the family and dropped whatever charges it was trying to, to charge them with in terms of neglect. In other words, the state was wrong. Okay, Child Protective Services, Health and Welfare, they were wrong to take the child in the first place. Somehow that didn't make it into the story, but that's why the case was closed. And the child's parents have taken their first steps towards suing the state. So Labrador would be responsible for Idaho's legal defense against such a lawsuit. The attorney general's interest in the case has officials from the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare and the state's liability insurance office concerned. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Labrador told the Idaho Capital Sun in an interview last Wednesday that his motive is to represent the interests of Idahoans, some of whom are concerned about what is happening with child protection in Idaho. Child protection cases in Idaho require different agencies to work together. They include health and welfare staff, local law enforcement officers, county prosecuting attorneys, judges, guardians ad litem, foster families, and sometimes health care providers, mental health care workers, and others. But they also involve deputy attorneys general who work for Labrador but are required to serve health and welfare as their client. We're looking at several cases, Labrador said, to see how health and welfare is handling all child protection cases and to see if there's anything that this office needs to do to either train the lawyers or have the lawyers train health and welfare on the proper handling of these cases. Now, is this unreasonable? Look, you're dealing with human beings, so it's very possible for people to make mistakes. But if the state or if one of the state's agencies made a mistake here, wouldn't you want them to be trained so they don't make a similar mistake and upend people's lives? as they did Diego's family? Just just wondering. He says, I'm not saying at all that they haven't been handling cases properly. He just says, I just don't know. I want to get to the bottom of that. Now, in some states and at the federal level, these kinds of reviews are often undertaken by an inspector general. Idaho doesn't have an inspector general. The child in this case, that, or in the case that caught Labrador's attention here, is the grandson of Diego Rodriguez, who supported Labrador's campaign for Idaho Attorney General. Rodriguez is a longtime supporter, having contributed $1,000 to Labrador's congressional re-election campaign in 2013. Well, that's a long time, 10 years, to pay back a political favor, if that's what they're trying to paint this as. The child protection case in 2022 became the subject of protests by then-gubernatorial candidate Ammon Bundy's supporters, including Rodriguez. By the way, if, if you're not familiar with why they were protesting outside St. Luke's and why uh, this, this was such an affront to the family who had their child taken away wrongly, you probably have been getting most of your information through these mainstream sources, which conveniently omit things like how the police lied and then strong-armed and threatened to arrest everybody involved in order to take the child in the first place when it was not medically necessary, how they tried to place the family, the, the health and welfare and child protective services, tried to place the, the child with a foster family that very same night. You don't do that with a sick child that's so desperately sick that we had to take him away for his own good. And of course, the protests, yep, they definitely they definitely caused a disruption at St. Luke's. Ammon Bundy admitted as much, but he said the cost of those disruptions was less than the cost of allowing these individuals acting under the color of law to take this child away from his family and deprive him his one source of nutrition, which was breastfeeding from his mom. 
So there's there's more to the story. And and I know this is this is like a really forbidden thing to suggest, but if you want to know more about the details, peoplesrights.org has all the details, including the documentation that can back up what they're saying. There's a reason why the state backed away from this very carefully. There's a reason why St. Luke's is so viciously going after Ammon and Diego right now and trying to destroy them through lawfare and filing numerous suits and numerous uh, motions and, and trying to just bury them in legal work and legal fees. It's because they know they were in the wrong. And, and the best way to shut them up is just keep them on the defensive. Crazy stuff. But to, to portray this as, you know, this is just, you know, some kind of quid pro quo, you know, hey, yeah, uh, you know, Rodriguez was just, he was a supporter of, of uh, Raul Labrador. Well, from, from all accounts that I have heard, Labrador is actually not a guy who just talks the talk, but actually walks the walk consistent with good government, freedom, limited government, and, you know, lower regulation in our lives. This is one of the reasons, by the way, he's also a very big threat to the establishment Republicans as well as others in the state of Idaho. He actually believes and acts like there are limits to government power. The protests caused a Boise hospital to go on lockdown, which they did in part because it makes them more likely to look like a victim. Well, we were so scared. You know, there were people peacefully standing out there. Okay, maybe they were shouting, but again, nobody was breaking anything. Nobody was burning anything. Nobody was threatening anybody, but they were clearly, there was a lot of people showed up and said, let that baby go. The protests and public statements about the hospital are now a central focus of a lawsuit against Bundy and Rodriguez by the hospital and healthcare providers who were targeted by protesters. Look, it's unpleasant. I'm sure that they they really felt like it sucks having this kind of attention focused on it. But if they were wrong, they should step up and be adults and face reality and and say, "Okay, we were wrong. We're sorry. What can we do to make this right?" I think you would find most people would be very forgiving and accommodating under these circumstances, but nope. Well, we're going to engage in lawfare. We're going to we're going to go after them. So now Diego's uh, daughter and son-in-law are going after the hospital, filing a notice of tort claim against the state. Last, I'm sorry, they're going after the state rather, uh, a step before filing a lawsuit against a government entity in Idaho. So the question that raises up now is, well, what is the duty of the attorney general? Is it to make sure that the state prevails in all cases? That's the question that needs to be asked. The client of the attorney general is the state of Idaho. This is Labrador speaking. And your job is to stand up for the people of Idaho. After all, they're the ones who elected him. He said this during a Republican primary debate on Idaho public television. I believe the job of the attorney general is to represent the people of Idaho, to stand up for your rights, to stand up for your values, to stand up for the things that are important to you, and to make sure that we protect you from encroachment from the federal government and from overreach from the state government. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Labrador told the uh, uh, the uh, son that he hasn't talked with the family involved in the case and he hasn't asked them for a copy of the case file in an effort to remain neutral. He said his relationship with Rodriguez is not a conflict of interest, that he has many friends and acquaintances from his years in Idaho politics. If I can't handle cases involving every person that I'm, a, I'm an acquaintance with, then I'm going to have a difficult time being the attorney general of the state of Idaho. Labrador said it's too early to know what would ha- whether that would happen in the case involving Rodriguez's grandson, but he and his advisors say he is committed to ethics and fairness. He says, I'm just doing the job the people of Idaho elected me to do, and some people don't want me to do that job. Who are those people? Well, it's people in power who do not want to see their power curtailed or limited or to be held accountable for places where they may have actually used that power incorrectly. 
Now, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I ask this. Is that really that extreme of a position? Is it extreme to, to expect government that, uh, you know, presumably we elected, you know, we gave our consent, we elected, we want it to represent us, we want it to, to safeguard our inalienable rights. Shiva, you paying attention here? That's, uh, that's those rights that cannot be transferred or taken from us. We want government to exist for that purpose. Its job is to keep us free, not to micromanage every aspect of our lives. But somehow this is portrayed as selfish. It's extreme. It's it's dangerous. And, and there, there are, you know, apparently this enlightened vanguard that, uh, that only they know what's best for us and we better shut up and do what they say. Oh, they get angry when they don't get their way. As we just saw with the case of House Bill 71, it makes them furious when people tell them no. You shouldn't be promoting these kinds of things. You should not be promoting the uh, LGBT agenda to children. You should not be promoting smutty material to children in school libraries claiming, well, you know, kids will critically look at these books for themselves. Yeah, some five-year-old is is going to be uh, looking at books and critically analyzing, you know, this thing about oral sex. I don't know. That just doesn't strike me as right. Baloney. There are people with an agenda, and for whatever twisted reason, part of that agenda is to rob kids of their innocence, to destroy whatever institutions remain that uh, once were the, the bedrock of our society and once, once kept stability. Well, that's kind of par for the course for left-wing politics. It's, it's part of the whole revolutionary fervor that drives most left-wing politics. Nobody said it's going to be easy or pleasant to push back, but thank goodness there are groups and individuals who are willing to do so. And kudos to those who carried the day on House Bill 71. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.